Good morning, City Church. Good morning. Uh, today's scripture reading is from the book of James, the fifth chapter, the seventh to the twelfth verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. Be patient, then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in, in the name of the Lord, as you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard the, of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. My brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. This is the word of the Lord. We are continuing our systematic examination of the New Testament book of James. See, the last time we looked at the first six verses of the fifth chapter, we saw James's warning to the wealthy as he wrote, Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Ah, wealth. Wealth. Those that have it work hard to keep it. And those that don't have it, we tend to lust after it, and we work hard to get it. That's the reality. That's, that's the reality. We will wag our fingers and click our tongues and say, oh, you know, those rich people. And deep down, we wish we were those rich people. See, rich people are the ones we like to talk about, but deep down, that, that, that part that we like to keep hidden, tucked away, we want to we be like that. Uh, it's, it's, amazing. it's amazing because, as Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to squeeze through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. Why is that? Because money is seductive and we are sinful. Now that's a dangerous, toxic mix. And that's why James continues when he says, your money is corrupt, your fine clothes stink, your greedy luxuries are a cancer in your gut, destroying your life from within. You thought you were piling up wealth. What you've piled up is judgment. See, so we're very clear, and again, we're just, just setting the stage for today, looking back at what we were looking at last time. The focus is not on poverty. It's not on poverty. See, it's, you know, we, sometimes we like to think that, you know, well, you know, in order to get close to God, uh, let me be poor. Well, being poor does divorce you of a lot of impediments, but there are a lot of poor people, so to speak, that don't know Christ. So let's, let's, let's disassociate that, that uh, let's, let's cut that connection. The, but the focus is on 
at least two things. One is wealth is not found in stuff, but it's only found in God. And as much as we want to say that, it is hard for us to embrace that. Because why? Remember what I said earlier. We're sinful, okay? Yeah, just, wealth is not in stuff. We've, we've gotten to the point, and I don't know your house. I don't know what you have at your house, so I can't be talking about you. But some houses have converted bedrooms, turned them into closets, and we're proud of ourselves. Some folks have converted their bedrooms, existing bedrooms, and put in extra poles so we can accumulate more stuff. And we're proud of ourselves? Uh, so so wealth is not found in stuff, but is only found in God. And the, the, the second thing is a corollary to the first. Don't aspire for wealth and stuff, but aspire for a deeper relationship in God. If you want to pursue anything deeply... You know, it's, it's like, you know, with, with all, you know, as they would say, how do you fall off a log? You know, you just fall off. You just, you just fall. You want, you really want to know, I, I really wish I could do a lobotomy to, not only to my kids, uh, but to, 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 to kids that, uh, of their age and younger. It's like, look, I've been where you're at. I know it's hard for you to imagine. This, 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 this OG uh, now is, 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 it was at once time young and used to, Worry about the things you worry about. Pursue the things you're pursuing. And now you look back and it's just like wasted days and wasted nights. <laughs> it, what a waste. I was pursuing those things thinking that if I could just get that, then all of this would be, if you know, and, and again, uh, uh, well, you know, I have to provide for my family. And, you know, I just, and so we, yeah, particularly as men, We'll work 10, 12 hours and trying to accumulate something uh, for, the, for the family. Uh, and really what the family wants is, can you like sit down and, and play tent with me? Uh, you know, read a book with me? That's really what I want. Well, you know, I, I want to make sure, well, it's like that. Well, that was last week. So James's letter, remember, James's letter is written to the Christian community. This wasn't a pub. This, this thing wasn't published in the newspaper, and it's like, okay, all you uh, 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 rich people that are non-Christians, uh, uh, read this. No, it's written to the first-century church. So this is both a word of warning and encouragement. This is warning and encouragement to the church about wealth and the toxic nature of wealth. I know this doesn't, I mean, because, you know, we, we, we've so morphed uh, what the gospel is. Uh, you know, Jesus wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. You know, he wants you to have a chicken in the pot, two cars in the garage, and, uh, you know, you, 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 you got six-figure incomes. That must mean Jesus is just pleased with your life. No, that means you've just got a six-figure income, two cars in the garage. Donald Trump has that, Okay. So it, the metric, the measure, the, 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 what it means to be in him has got to be more than the sinful things that we look at and, and, and use as a measure of, well, okay, well, if I have these things, then God is pleased with my life. So what you're saying, uh, no one can enter heaven wealthy? That's not what Jesus said. He said it's hard. It's not impossible. It's hard. It's not impossible. Jesus went on to say, it's impossible for human beings, 
but all things are possible for God. So that's enough of that. So today we want to look at the beginning of the end of James's letter as he writes. We're, we're coming, to the, we're coming to, the, to the end of this letter, this epistle. And so he writes, be patient then, brothers and sisters. I'm a lot of things. I'm, I'm, I'm about six, one and a half. I say six, two. Uh, I won't tell you my weight. Don't have much hair. But one thing I'm not is patient. And before you condemn me, most of y'all aren't patient either. I've been on the, I've been on the freeway with you. You're not patient. I've seen you kind of interact with your kids. You're not patient. I've seen a whole lot of stuff going on, and patience, it may be a virtue, but it is not a commodity that you see a whole lot of these days. Patience is, there ain't a whole lot of patience going around. So from driving on the freeway to getting the next promotion on the job to moving from wherever we are now, we are often not just impatient. We're just not patient. We're the other way. We're very impatient. I want what I want, and I want it now. I want it now. The, the, that is one thing that is hard to, to, to convey to little ones and adults that act like little ones is that idea of deferred gratification. You can't have it now, but you might get it later. No, I want it now. You promise, and if you didn't promise, I still want it. I just give me what I want, and I want it now. What is James, why is James, uh, this, this, what's he asking for, for patience? What, what, what is this patience thing? Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. When is that? I don't know. Live long enough, he'll come for you. See? But, 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 but that's the whole beauty of what James is laying out here. He's encouraging his readers to live patiently, essentially, their entire lives with a particular focus. Live patiently your entire life with a different focus than what the world gives you to focus on. You know, it's just like the magicians, you know, it's just kind of like the world. It's like, you know, how do they do those, 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 those tricks and all? Well, they, they create diversions, and so they, they get you looking at this hand, and all the next time they're doing something with their other hand, and they, see, that's the world. Look at this, look at this, look at this, and all this is, is going on. And James is saying, I want you to focus on what is important. The stuff that you're focusing on isn't important. See, see, and that's where I've shared before. It's not that the devil gives you a, a, a good choice and a bad choice. See, even most of us can figure out, uh, you, know, that, you know, that fish smells a little old. We won't eat that. Can't say that I've always done that. It's like, it, all right, I'll cook it, and then you end up getting sick anyway, but that's a different story. That's stupidity. But what, but what the evil one does, he gives us a choice that's the best choice, and not necessarily the best choice. This is the perfect thing to do. Again, I keep using Martha and Mary as an example. 
Jesus is there. He's given a lesson. Martha's in the kitchen. She's doing what she's doing. And she gets mad because Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet and receiving the message that Jesus has for her. And she gets mad. Why isn't Mary in the kitchen helping me prepare the food? Don't you know that we have stuff to do? We've, we, we've, got, we've, got meal, we've got a meal to fix. So it was the best thing, and not a bad thing, but it just wasn't the best thing. And that's us. That's the enemy. That's the evil one. He's constantly putting those things in our past. Choose this or choose that. One is not necessarily bad, but this is better than this. So what are you going to pick? Too often we pick the thing that really isn't the best choice. Why? Because, again, we are misguided. We're sinful. And if we're not careful, we don't yield to the Holy Spirit and what he would have us choose, and we end up choosing what we want to choose. So the word translated uh, that's here in, um, uh, uh, in the 7a uh, verse of the 5th chapter, the word translated be patient comes from a compound of long and temper. Long and temper. Long and temper. Be long tempered. It's the idea is to set the timer of one's temper for a long run. Think long term. Focus on the final lap in the race of life. It's, 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 it's weird. I, 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 maybe it's just experience, you know, although I've seen some very wise young people and I've seen some very immature older people. But it, it seems to be it's in that final lap of life. It seems to be in that final lap of life. It seems to be in that final lap of life. It's when we finally get it. Oh, I understand life now. I understand the things that I was focusing on really wasn't the things I should have been focusing on. Uh, now I understand I should be focusing on these things. So he, what does that look like? I, you know, every one of us is different, but I like James. He paints a picture for us to, to, to take a peek at. It's like, See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop? See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. This is a perfect example. This is, the more I study this, it's like, man, this is good. I mean, if you're not careful, you read that on the farmer plant and stuff. It's like, no, 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 really think about this. The farmer has to prepare the ground and plant the seed. For those of you who are thinking, just kind of sitting back, well, I'm just going to sit on my bottom, fold my arms, and I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be, that's not patience. That's stupidity. <laughs> that's not patience. You just kind of go down a side road. If you are looking for a job, for you to sit back and not prepare your resume, not study for the exam, not, not bother to fill out the letter and send it off to the employer, and you're going to say, well, I'm waiting on the Lord, you wait all you want. Wait all you want. The farmer has to wait. He looks for the time when the crop will, ma will mature and be ready for harvest. But he's powerless to make the rainfall or to the crop to grow. So you look at it in the context of uh, the Near East uh, farmer. There were no irrigation systems. I have to wait. I'm depending on the rain to fall. I have to be patient. I, I have to prepare the ground. I have to plant, put the seed in the ground. I have to do all I have to do. That's all I can do now. Now I have to wait. 
Now, now I have to wait. I have to wait for the rain to fall, and I have to wait for the crop to grow. Our own spiritual maturity. See, the evil one will, will and others, not only the evil one, but other evil people will say, and look at our lives and say, well, this or that hasn't changed. Well, as a bumper sticker goes, be patient with me. God isn't done with me yet. See, you can be really hard on yourself because, well, you know, and, and, I've, and I've, you, you all have shared that with me. Well, you know, I would like to do this, but I'm not there yet spiritually. Well, if you're waiting to be there, you will never be in that position to be used by God. We are all on a path of being something we're not. God, through his wonderful Holy Spirit, is changing us. Fancy word is sanctification. Is changing us from what we are to what we are not. Say, and that is, that is patiently allowing the Holy Spirit to do the changes in our lives that we can't do ourselves. And, and again, I, see, see, if we're not careful, we'll look at our, our Christian walk is, well, I, uh, as the old ditty goes, I, I, I don't drink and I don't chew and I don't date girls that do. Well, they, it's like, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, but that's not the measure of spiritual maturity. It's not a matter of not doing certain things. Spiritual maturity, is, I, use, I, I like it for me. There are certain things I don't do. That's wonderful. But there are certain things I used to do I don't even desire to do. That's sanctification. That's, they just, it's like, that's not even on my radar. I used to do that and justify that, but I don't even have the desire to do that. Why, you so holy? No, I, I don't even know at what point that that, that changed. But the Holy, as I walk with him, as I draw closer and closer to the light, I, I gain that warmth that the only the light can bring. It's not about me trying, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really try hard uh, not to be mean today. And you know the evil one is going to bring 10 stupid people in your path. And, you're, and you know, well, I'm going to, today's not your day and I'm going to go off. But if it's not in you to go off, you can, bring, you can bring Bozo the Clown right in front of you, and you're just like, whatever. I love you, Bozo, but you're, you're not going to get me today. I'm, I'm this. See, that's spiritual maturity. Spiritual immaturity is, well, I'm not going to react. Then they do it again. I'm not going to react. And they do it again. You did it three times now. Now I'm going to react. You know, he said, forgive my brother seven times, 70. You're at the 491st time, and your time is up. It's like, no, that's spiritual immaturity. See, we can even be impatient and hard on ourselves. And that's why James writes, you too, you too, Mark, Gail, Monica, you too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another. Amen. Don't grumble against one another brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Verse 10 reads, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Verse 11, as you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have, you have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. 
What are you saying? What I'm saying is take a long view on life. Focus on the important things. What are those important things? Makes for a great theme for a church. Loving God, loving others. Loving God, loving others. It's that easy? It's that easy. It's that hard? Yeah, it's that hard. Because I, who, who I want to love is me. That's who I want to love is me. And if you're really close to me, like the one I married or my kids, I might even break you off a little bit of love. But there's nobody like number one. And if you're not number one or number one A, B, or C, God bless you. That means it just depends on the day of the week or how much money is in my pocket. And just like the guy said, when I said, he's begging for alms, not today. And so he said, well, when is the day? If today's not the day, when is the day? When are you going to show me love? When, when are you going to pull your, get out of yourself and your focus and your desires and allow the Holy Spirit to move on you to act in ways? See, see we thought we were just going to be here for, for 70 years, do the best we can, you know, make a few bucks, leave a little legacy, leave the world a little better place than we, than we let them when we found it. You know, it's just like gardeners do that. I mean, it's like, seriously? Seriously? I mean, I, I, I have a gardener who leaves the place better than what he found it. That's, he's, not a, he's not a spiritual change agent in that way. I'm almost done. Take a long view of life. Focus on the important things, loving God, loving others. With age, with maturity, the things that I used to focus on in my youth, they don't seem so important. And as I come to the last end of my life, my perspective changes. My focus isn't on accumulating things. My focus is on him. Why? Because the Lord's coming is near and the judge is at my door. The judge is at my door. Now, he's, I, 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 I hear the knock a whole lot more clearly than, say, someone I've got 30 or 40 years on. But trust me, if you, if you listen carefully, you'll hear that knock, too. You, 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 it's like, oh, I, I'm telling you, that's why we don't like to drive with the song, with, without the radio. It's like, if I have to drive without music or some kind of noise, then I, I have to deal with me. And so I'll, let me just set the news on, or let me just put on some music or whatever, and you get boom, 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 going down the street. I challenge you, don't, don't play anything going home today, particularly if you're alone. Let's see how that goes for you. I've done that. And it's like, hand kind of reaches over there. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm left to think about me, the choices I've made, the things I've said, the, 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 the things I've thought about. It's like, yeah. So James writes in the 12th verse, above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you'll be condemned. What in the world? <laughs> it's just like, this, is, this seems like so disconnected with uh, the, the rest of the context. See, for you Bible scholars, and we shared earlier when we started out with this walk with James, that um, James borrows a lot from Christ. That's a good person to borrow from. And so if you were to look at Matthew 5, the 33rd through the 37th chapter, you'll see a similar teaching. And the common message is that truthfulness should be dependable, so much so that no oath is needed to support it. 
Swearing is prohibited because it involves using the name of God in order to convince others that what you promise and say is true and it'll be kept. And so for those who truly demonstrate the persistence and patience prescribed for believers, there's, there's no need to do any of this oath stuff. Well, I swear, I promise, I, you know, whether by heaven or earth, your word ought to be your word. Not because you're wor- that you're so trustworthy, but because the one you are standing with, the one you are standing, that the one, you know, it's, 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 as I've shared before. There's not enough money in my account. God knows that's the case. Tax time is right here. There's not enough money in my account or with people I know to remedy all the problems, not only in the city, but in the community that we worship. But I know somebody. I, I, I know somebody. And so as we walk faithfully together, as we walk faithfully together, then I, we, we are blessed because of our association. So I'm, I'm closing. So we, what are we to make of this? Uh, I don't know. Patience is reliance. Patience is reliance. It's not easy because I like to be in charge. Not some of the time, all of the time. I, I like to be in control of everything. You just ask my wife. I, I, I do. And I, and, and, I, and I hate myself when I see myself in those situations. Um, but you want to be in control. You want to, you want to, you, you want to, you, wanna, you know, I know better. I, 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 but on the other hand, patience is not just folding my arms, sitting down, using patience as an excuse to do nothing. And that's what a lot of folks will do. Well, I'm being patient, so I'm not doing anything. No. It, it, it's, it's, look at it this way. It's, it's like the, and that's why he associates, you know, the Lord is, he's near. He's knocking at the door. It's like someone is coming. That, you know, that, that visitor, that out-of-town guest that you're coming, that's coming to your house. What do you do? You vacuum you like you never vacuum. You dust. You throw out all the old cheese and carrots out of the refrigerator. You, 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 you brush your teeth. You floss. You, you put on nice clothes. You prepare for the guests that are, are coming. You are eagerly anticipating the person to come. But you don't know when the person is coming. He said he's going to come on Tuesday. So sometime on Tuesday, he's going to come. She's going to come. And so I'm preparing to receive my guests. That's exactly what James is describing here. And in the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, there was a certain man. He was born into royalty, went to a distant land to receive his kingdom, and then return. So he called together ten servants, gave each of them money worth four months' wages, and he gave them this, you know the story, but the takeaway is he gave them this takeaway. He said, do business with this until I return. The old King James says, occupy till I come. Do business with this until I come. See, God has given you, see, you know people I will never know. I will never get to meet. You know me, I know you. And so we have a relationship and that's wonderful. But you know people I will never know. So what does that mean? That means that we have a responsibility to reach out and to patiently, tenderly, carefully reach out to those folks and share with them the gospel 
in a way that they probably, again, the gospel that, the gospel that many people will really believe and receive is your lived life. The life you live is the gospel they will readily see and believe or not. You say you're a Christian? If you're a Christian, I don't want anything to do with that. Or there's something about you. I don't know what it is, uh, and I'm going through this major life drama. Can you, can you walk with me through this situation? Because I'm having serious challenges. See, God has given us privilege privilege. I mean privilege to bear one another's burdens and to love people where they're at. Loving God, loving others. Loving God, loving others. Loving God, loving others. Let's, let's, let's pray.